going live going you <laughs> Alan Partridge reference to kick it off uh, yeah I've got an absolutely massive lag so for all I know on my preview so for all I know it's a massive thing but sometimes it's fine sometimes it's fine sometimes it doesn't connect until the red bar appears we'll, <laughs> we'll wait and see uh, hello welcome to the wrestling headlines NXT review my name is Matt Mayer aka Imp I am bloody knackered if I want to get through this nice and quickly, we'll see. A concentration issue, headache and everything. I should have been in bed like two hours ago. <laughs> but we are live here on YouTube and also in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for your latest wrestling news. And the Dusty Rose Classic rolls on for the first time with the Women's Dusty Cup in tow. We had the inaugural match making history this week and... Just to add on to it as well, yesterday, in terms of, I guess, viewership for both wrestling both wrestling shows on a Wednesday, yesterday was the inauguration of President Biden, a.k.a. I'm assuming people, when they got back from working their day jobs, or whatever the equivalent is in this COVID era, put on the news for to, just to take in whether they, whether they support Biden or not. My assumption is people were watching the news, were taking it in. A.k.a. I don't, sus I don't suspect wrestling was massively on people's interests. But then I saw the ratings, and AEW held their 800,000 or whatever it was. I don't know what the individual increase was, as in by the tens. I don't know what increase of the increase that one was. However, NXT jumped up from the 500,000 to 600,000. So NXT viewers went up whilst uh, AEW held the same number. So it wasn't a loss. It wasn't, for example, it wasn't uh, the fight pit drawing in people from AEW. It was like, no, held, AEW held their own, if not up by like 10,000 or so compared to NXT, which jumped up by enough to break into that 600,000 bracket again. And technically, yes, AEW beats them in the ratings again. However, uh, I, think, I think I'm reaching that point where, like, when I say nobody wins with both shows being on the same day, in reality, it's AEW doesn't win. AEW wins the breaking a million. And that's bad for WWE for a competitor to be reaching that much, so you put NXT on the same day. Can't happen. It's doing its job. And we saw it when NXT was not on the same day as AEW. They broke a million. But the flip side of it is they're essentially sacrificing their own million to stop AEW getting a million. <laughs> so if NXT is on a different day, it would also... Well, from what we... From what we, we the, I wouldn't say... Because when we've been on different days, both shows have done better in terms of numbers. So they're sacrificing their own numbers to stop AEW. So, yeah. I mean, we get the Wednesday Night War stuff. <laughs> just for someone like me, I most weeks I can only pick one. And do the, I do the NXT review, so often I have to wait for Dynamite. Often I'm busy on a Friday. Uh, or like when I get back, I'm knackered from this as well. <laughs> so I just crash. <laughs> so I don't watch AEW till the weekend. Uh, this is one of those weeks. I'm not going to be watching AEW till the weekend at some point. And I'm busy at the weekend as well. So who knows? But I will give a glowing review for NXT this week. I wouldn't say, and I've seen, so I've seen people say about AEW that it wasn't a standout show or anything. Uh, it, they just seemed to build stuff. And aside from the fight pit, I would say that was the same this week as well. I'll start with the fight pit when I get to the show. But like, overall, for me, the show flowed a lot better than uh, the, what I've given past NXT shows this year. Even New Year's Evil. I kind of struggled through New Year's Evil. I've struggled with NXT for a few weeks now. 
And I thought like having the break over Christmas would get me nice and refreshed for it, but now I've kind of just struggled a little bit. And uh, New Year's Evil, I will give it the asterisk of it was on the same week of Wrestle Kingdom. I'd watched a lot of wrestling, <laughs> therefore going into NXT. And I had, to the point, completely forgotten New Year's Evil was even on. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't exactly you know set up to enjoy another two hours of wrestling. However, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I enjoyed this week. I think I don't know what help, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because it's Rumble season and I'm getting. I'm often quite positive about WWE when it gets into Rumble season because it's my favourite pay per view of theirs by Country Mile. I love the atmosphere of WrestleMania, just the grandeur of it all, the spectacle, the amount of money put into this, uh, the production, and everything for them to horribly cut around. <laughs> However, it's you cannot miss it. I love the spectacle of it all. However, in terms of like the actual show itself, what's my favourite match WWE put on? It's the Royal Rumble. And uh, we're in that time of year again. People announcing sales for the Rumble. I don't get annoyed at that, as some people seemingly do. Don't know where that's come from. That's, that's been a thing to do forever. <laughs> Maybe it's in a world where people nowadays want a bit of continuity in things in terms of the structure of your world. And WWE... I've never really had that. It changes every single year. And even in within a year, you get contradicting storylines in terms of what are the rules for entering a Royal Rumble. And this year is no different to past years. This isn't a new thing. This isn't a current year problem. Like No, this, this existed for a while. And I called it a problem because that's what's being labelled. I don't label it a problem. Anyway, I love Rumble season. <laughs> so I'm relatively positive on WWE for, the, for this next week. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the show flowed for me. I, and, this, and keep in mind, my Raw review was damning. This is when I'm feeling positive about WWE. And I, I was like, no, nah, Raw was crap. <laughs> it's just, yeah. NXT, though, for me, flowed well. And that's my mark. It doesn't have to be the most exciting show in the world. It doesn't have to put on incredible matches. But if I enjoy myself and I'm able, and I'm never taken out the flow of the show, like I'm able to watch the entire thing and never feel, never feel the fatigue or anything like that, it just flows perfectly for me, then yeah, I'm going to give it a positive review. That's what NXT was for me. Every segment had a purpose, which has been another... Really, this week felt like all the, like so many critiques I gave of the NXT product um, it would have been early December when I posted my column, essentially on how I thought 2020 had gone in the lead-up to War Games, as in, was I interested in the product going into their final takeover of the year? The answer was no. And I gave a load of critiques and reasons why. It felt like a lot of them were... And no, the answer is not because I'm an AEW paid shill. And whenever I write a pro WWE column, no, it's not because I'm a pro WWE. There's no winning. Whichever one you pick, the other side call you a shill. Uh, send us the invoice, Tony. <laughs> but the you, you won our end of your award for best brand. <laughs> Where's that invoice? Uh, but the yeah, but yeah, with NXT, I felt like it flowed really well. And like one of my critiques was it felt like sneaking into the middles of the shows were the kind of filler segments you see on Raw or sometimes on SmackDown. Uh, but they feel like filler, but that's just because they're mid-card feuds and things that don't really feel like they matter. And even though you may be setting up characters with them, when I'm watching them, I don't feel like my time investment's being rewarded. And quite often, they just might move, the characters involved might move on to another thing or anything or something like that. So I don't feel like my the time investment for reward ratio is off. And that's been my critique for WWE main roster for the past few years. Um, like the time investment reward, you might as well just watch the pay-per-views. This year, I've seen a shift, and uh, in, in 2021 with NXT, so far, that critique was addressed. And uh, it's the Dusty Cup kind of era as well, and adding the women to it as well. 
meant there's even less room for that kind of thing to be in the middle of the card, especially in these early weeks where you've got to get through so many matches. I'm generally really positive uh, on NXT this week, just because those Dusty Cup matches gave you three matches with stuff on the line, and it, it really helped the flow of the show. All three matches, suddenly you've got three segments with purpose. You've also got the fight pit. You've also got the Finn Balor stuff setting that up as well. So, yeah, it's... And, it, of course, even the Cruiserweight stuff was setting up the next thing. And, yes, the Cruiserweight title still in that issue of uh, lone challenger of the moment versus the champion. Other than that, there is no Cruiserweight division. <laughs> and then it just rotates who the challenger is. Uh, it says, yes, that's my biggest critique. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the rest are on 205 Live, but... Who watches 2-5 Live? <laughs> it's just, yeah. Uh, I just find it interesting to see the uh, top... I'd never really look at, like, what are the top things watched on the network. For some reason, last week I did. And it was interesting to see the likes of 205 Live and NXT UK not breaking the top 25 watch shows, even though they're newly produced products. Neither, like, they're not... Yeah, they, yeah, they wouldn't break the top 10. That could be something. To not, But they don't even break the top 25, which is interesting. Of course, it, but it is Rumble season. So Roy Rumbles are entering in there. When it's a B pay per view, what are the stats, for example? Like going into uh, whatever it was called. <laughs> Just leave it. Go, yeah. Um, the the quick one, whatever it was after SummerSlam. Payback, that was it. Going into payback, what were, were where are two of our live in the UK then? But Rumble season, Roy Rumble's entering. But yeah, I found that interesting. So, really, the question of who watches two or five live, that's kind of generally true because they're not even breaking the WWE's own charts. So, who who is watching these shows? And they keep producing them, but is that out of habit or out of like commitment to it rather than like reward for creation in a way? Again, for creators on the internet, you need a reason for creating the content. And for WWE, it could just be creating numbers of hours fresh each week and it ticks that box even if nobody watches it. It's an odd one. Anyway, uh, but yeah, the show flowed overall. Every segment had a purpose, and that's my biggest praise for this. Uh, The other one is. I guess long-term stories where it kind of felt like it for me it was getting very close to from takeover to takeover and normally sometimes like you're getting stories of like two takeovers and things but you're seeing wrestlers wrestle each other so often that it was getting that main roster thing of seeing them just a little bit too much in matches against each other however for me I feel like they're really subtly doing Adam Cole Finn Balor and they're doing it really well and they're telling and they're showing little subtle things and I feel like Adam Cole's maybe snapping moment is down the line as well. And I've got nothing but praise for that. If if that is what they're doing. <laughs> for me, it was uh, Finn Balor's interaction with the Undisputed Era in this show when I'll get to it. That just gave me a n- little nudge of, is that like, <laughs> are they generally going to go for a little thing then? Yeah, give it all the reward. Like, yeah, that's another, another, another critique I had seemingly addressed. Uh, yeah, because I want all the shows to be good. And like one of my praises... Even though I would, I did vote for AW as my brand of the year in like the different sites, rewards, and things. I didn't just do wrestling headlines, but uh, I did do wrestling headlines, Tony. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, I want I want everything to be good. I want I do watch Raw. I review Raw every week. It'd be nice if it was you know better, more consistently. Uh, SmackDown as well. I'm really enjoying SmackDown right now. I'd be happy for that to continue as much as possible. A Dynamite for me is just my happy place. I don't for me. It's one of those things where. When you see the review of the show, and it's like, oh, it wasn't as good as this. This segment wasn't as good as that last week. And I'm, I'm in that place where with AW, I'm just enjoying it. It doesn't matter really. I'm just happy to be in that world. Well, I've, I've not felt that since like 
uh, Walking Dead gave me that for a bit, as in I was just happy for a while. Then I read the comic, graphic novels, and that ruined that. <laughs> Game of Thrones, up until oh, oh, first six seasons, I was just it, happy to be in that world. Did not care what other even during season six, where people kind of started to critique it a lot heavier, and uh, I was just happy to be in that world. A W Dynamite, I'm just happy to be there, and I don't, I don't. Uh, well, what's the word? I I don't analyse it or critique it. I don't review it in any way. So I think that really helps. Like New Japan, I'll do the show reviews on their big shows. I'll write about them now and then. Uh, so that kind of means I'm not watching them in that way. AW, I only go live with Aftershock for their pay-per-views. So that's four times a year. And the rest, I'm just sitting back and enjoying it. It's nice. It's nice. NXT, obviously, I have to do this review, so I have to critique it. <laughs> so yeah, maybe it's why I'm enjoying SmackDown as well. Uh, anyway, this week was... That's a kind of the overall kind of talk for it. Positive things, they've addressed stuff as well, it feels like. But it wasn't the most incredible show in the world. I just I was just sat back and I had a nice time. <laughs> so it was, I, I can't say this is the best NXT I've seen in a full calendar year. That, no, it was just, just, it's just a show that flow. There were no filler segments. It was fine. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, the main event of the night, though, we'll get to the, the Dusty Classic matches later... But the main event was the fight pit. Uh, Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, the welcome to the fight pit. <laughs> WWE never won for a bit of the dramatics. <laughs> it was a bit of an OTT uh, production there, but setting the scene. Uh, no ropes, no safety, just meat slapping action. <laughs> Thing I've learned from Big E, it's perfectly fine to describe wrestling homoerotically. <laughs> it's just meat pounding meat, <laughs> flesh pounding off metal, suplexes into submission power. Uh, the tap out or knockout rules really do uh, did give this match a unique feel over everything else, like kind of, kind of in NXT. Closest being War Games just because it's in a cage, but this is, I guess, closer to the UFC stuff or well, the, the Ken Shamrock thing. Again, I didn't watch in the Attitude Era. I didn't start watching until 2005, but the cage thing that Ken Shamrock did, because I went back and watched it, <laughs> whatever that was, that's what reminds me the most because it's just. Yeah, the fight pit. Yeah, well, even called the fight pit actually. Well, it's a while ago. Anyway, uh, cheeky Champa used his wits to fight back. Uh, the no DQ equaled "I can kick you in the dick," <laughs> which I really liked. Uh, and using the referee to drape Thatcher and hit the widow's bell DDT. Another nice spot. Uh, that moved a usual match ender, but there's no pinning in the fight pit, so he, he had to just wait and see if that was enough to knock him out. I mean, obviously, you don't have to wait and see. You could do, you can do a follow-up, which Champa tried later. Uh, Timothy's skull against the cage and the fairy tale ending gave Champa more than enough momentum to try and choke out Thatcher the second time, instead of just waiting around for like it's a last man standing match. Like, no, try and choke him out. Uh, but as soon as he did, he was way back into Timothy's submission wheelhouse. A nice little flow there. Timothy on the ground doing the submission stuff, won out every time. And I really like that. Whenever it went back into, like, on their feet, uh, back and forth, that um, Champa won out. Again, just, yeah, <laughs> I love it. The ending worked so nicely with the story and everything too. A Thatcher trapping Tommaso's leg elevated in the corner, before, that's what the main picture is, before locking a unique muffler of sorts and talking on the other knee. Champa, uh, Champa's surgically repaired knee being bent with no escape and he taps. Thatcher remains the only man to win inside the fight pit. Uh, another man learns Tim's teachings have genuine weight behind them. Like, yeah, uh, another great little fight pit match. Uh, obviously not as big as a spectacle as the first match. 
that being like our initial viewing of it, the first time we ever we ever witnessed that atmosphere, uh, and Riddle's uh, high flying flippity dops, <laughs> the uh, that that added to it obviously in terms of. Uh, being the, spe- like the spectacle of it all. Uh, the little story we got told here was lovely, though. Like, violent, but lovely. <laughs> I really liked it. it. Of all the weeks of NXT we've seen between the two, this what this uh, seemed to be, like, be a perfect little ending for it. Like, Champa realised that Thatcher isn't like all the other guys that Champa's been banging on about. Because Champa's been talking about the locker room and how it's just not the same as it used to be. And he's going after Thatcher as a prime example of that, that I'm going to show what I'm talking about. This uh, this locker room is becoming weak. But Thatcher showed him, no. Yes, that's all in your head. That's all your perception. None of that is actually real. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, everything built up to it. And in terms of like, the, me complaining that we're getting like people facing off a bit too regularly, and I would have preferred like, a bit more gap for bit, the bit of a longer build. Because uh, like, the NXT I'm kind of used to did that. The issue with doing the specials on TV is uh, they're still doing the feuds to the main takeovers. And the issue there for me is then you're seeing the same match repeated a bit too often compared to having that time to build to it and have it the once and move on. And that's the NXT and kind of uh, used to, is the latter. But uh, Champa and Thatcher not being able to wrestle at New Year's Evil then gave them a couple more weeks to build to this. And suddenly, yeah, <laughs> I'm so much more into it because they did those couple more weeks of build rather than wrestling at New Year's Evil. Get in, yeah. <laughs> Positives all around. Positives all around. As I said, I am knackered, so I'm going to take a sip of tea. Mm. We'll say, uh, style of wrestling in the match itself, I am I like that they went a bit more broadly than I was expecting, like fighting before they even load into pit, you know, nice and aggressively. But in the... Pit itself, I'm not a one to really enjoy the faux MMA style. It's just not for me. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, there's not really much to... I know it, a lot of people really like it. Personally, I was never able to get into MMA. And then, then kind of like as a knock-on effect, faux MMA in wrestling, I rarely get into it. Uh, even when Minoru Suzuki does it, like the semi-shoot style, means it doesn't do anything for me, really. A bit of a shame. <laughs> I, know, I know it does it for a lot of people, but just for me, it's not really... It's never clicked. It's never gelled with me. Don't know why. Do I just love the showman stuff too much? <laughs> I mean, there's the strong style in New Japan. I love the strong style in New Japan. The never championship matches. Shingo versus Jeff Cobb. Big again. The big boys meet slapping meat. Yeah, give me that. I love it. Uh, but the genuine shoot stuff, like uh, no, not for me at all. And this is, I guess, it's close to throw MMA, or it's mimicking MMA to a tad with the setting. Yeah, not massively for me. That doesn't mean I can not applaud it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think because I think I was able to get through this a lot better than I was Riddle Thatcher, even though Riddle Thatcher have had bigger spots in the match itself. For some reason, I preferred the story and flow of this one. Maybe maybe because that last one was a, I'm better than you, and there's a lot more animosity and uh, to it. Because this had uh, a lot more, I guess, uh, in terms of what they were, each person was trying to teach the other, there was just a bit more to it. That's what I'd say. And Timothy Thatcher, mainly the only man to ever win inside the fight pit. Yes, there's only been two, but he can keep that moniker. He can keep it. Thatcher wins in the cage. No, the pit. <laughs> it's in the cage. There's a cage around it. Uh, anyway, uh, now I'm going to go through the card in order, covering the Dusty Rhodes classic matches, Calvin Cross killing people, and the segments in between. 
So we started off the show with the first Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic of the of the night, another first round match. Uh, Kushida and Leon Ruff versus Johnny Gargano and Theory. And I will just say, there's a little fly buzzing about and it just landed on my nose. <laughs> so it's, suddenly I'm very aware of just the tip of my nose existing. And I'm trying really work hard not to scratch it and I'm failing. <laughs> anyway, a decent opener. Ruff's agileness getting him out of danger early on but he found himself unable to escape more and more as the match went on. Johnny and Austin, obviously the cocky pricks, but that said cockiness is what gradually cost them as the match went on. Ruff with an awesome counter of... Sorry, not awesome, it wasn't really counter. He was fighting off Theory, and then he'd bat, he launched off Brett's rope with an awesome cutter and crashing Theory down. But Kushida's direct aggression was the real momentum swayer. Austin having to play the difference maker and save the day for the way. Uh, Gargano and Theory with some nice teamwork. Shades of uh, DIY rearing its head as Johnny charged up for the running knee. But Ruff was there for his tag partner, launching himself all over the place to give Kushida a chance. Also, nice little story of Theory isn't Champa. Just another little thing to build on for me. Just a little note that Gargano can have him as a, as a rookie under his wing as much as he likes, but he's not Champa. Just keep building that. Just keep going for it. Uh, but yeah, Kushida did capitalise, uh, trapping Gargano's arm as he suplexed into a bridge pin and secured the three. Uh, obviously, big story here. Kushida pins the North American champion. Yes, they've also qualified for the next round of the Dusty Cup. But yeah, finally, we're, we're finally at that feud kicking into gear. Kushida pins Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Because I am one of those people where I'm ready for the era of NXT that's passed to move on. Is that what I'm used to? Because uh, one of my, my kind of final big critique of NXT, it's awesome to see so many of the stuff already addressed. However, my other critique of NXT was the identity crisis. Is it a third brand? Is it a developmental? <laughs> where it's kind of, it's unsure which one it is. And during the show, it obviously flip swaps between the two. Where you've got your established names in Finn Balor, Ember Moon coming back, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Undisputed Era, just not moving on. Uh, they're the big established names of NXT staying where they are. And for me, honestly, that like, the main roster needed this year, where they've only had like one or two, like Keith Lee and uh, Bianca Belair. Is that it? Since WrestleMania, am I being stupid? Or Angel Garza was before WrestleMania? I can't remember. <laughs> when did he do? Yeah. It feels like there's not been many call-ups this year. And I generally believe the main roster really needed that. Just to kind of... Because uh, they were in... The, again, one of our big critiques was just... Uh, just rattling through like things didn't matter. And NXT promotions were just getting there with no plan or anything. But in slowing it down... Like, we nearly got Damien Priest and I'm happy that was nulled. But yeah, just like slowing it down. And just taking time to mend the people already there. And yeah, a lot of the focus has been on the main event, but they've done it. <laughs> like they've actually, yeah, I can say that the mid card needed a bit of work, especially on Raw, but they have at least fixed the main event for me. So that's like step one, step one achieved. Uh, yeah, a NXT for me, uh, it's that's the suffering of NXT though. That those big names have not moved on, and I'm at that point, and I've been at, I felt it more and more. Twenty twenty went on as I, I wouldn't say. I'm like, oh, they are for the good of their career. They need to move on. Like NXT, for the good of NXT. For me, the main point is, am I interested in what I'm watching them do in NXT? And I just became less interested. I just, in what they were doing in NXT, I was just in, disinterested in what they were doing. And 
With the, well, because it was a line of well, they've done everything. What's the what's the next thing for them to do? For me, it was like that's not really the issue. It was just oh yeah, because because they've been in NXT, they've had their run, they've developed, they've reached that point where they're ready to go, and NXT at that point normally move on whilst they're still there. And I think just naturally, I've just drifted away from being invested. Like since Champa's return, not really been invested in him. Uh, Johnny Gargano as well, his North American Championship run. And his, even his forming with The Way, for some reason, it's just, I'm not invested in him. I'm enjoying his matches because he's Johnny Gargano, he's an amazing wrestler. <laughs> and of course, the NXT brand is so strong in terms of the depth of the wrestlers on it. Uh, but I wouldn't say I'm invested really what's happening. Yeah, I think I'm just, yeah, I'm just not invested. It's not grabbing me. And maybe part of that is I'm just ready for them to move on and they're not doing it. And part of that could just be the current era, like they want those stars to draw you into watching NXT because it's on TV. Uh, but that's where the identity crisis comes in. Is it a third brand or is it a developmental? Which one is it? And I don't know. I feel like over the course of this next year, they have to decide. I'm not, I'm not somebody who needs that to be answered by the end of this year, but it is on my con list. <laughs> Just in terms of like level of getting invested in what I'm watching. NXT are always going to struggle against AEW, who, like, well, AEW is their main show. There is no identity crisis there. Like, <laughs> NXT is always going to have that problem. Like, in essence, it's a developmental. But even when you put your big stars on there, it's still a developmental and it's not moved the needle. AEW still beat them. <laughs> Sasha Banks or Bailey or Asuka or uh, Charlotte Flair. Or, these are all the females that come down. Uh, Finn Balor coming down as well. Nothing's really changed that fact. So when you watch the show itself, you get that mix. But in terms of perception of what is it, in terms of identity, uh, that's how I describe the 2020. In a trying to keep up with AEW, maybe it's just, or, or just the TV era may have nothing to do with AEW. It's just trying to keep people watching on the TV. It's just that bit of identity crisis that's creeped in. Yeah, I guess that's my other. I just got that from uh, watching this tag match where I was really into Kushida, and as soon as I'm like, oh, Kushida could challenge him, I really want Kushida to win. And I tried to think, well, why? Is it because I'm really into Kushida because he's a former New Japan guy? Uh, no, they kind of uh, took that momentum away from him for me when they just wasn't on the show. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> just him not being there. But no, yeah, because I, I was really into his aggression kind of character before he disappeared and he's come back for this. But I think part of it is I'm just not invested in Johnny Gargano as a North American champion anymore. Even when he's a bad guy and he's like a featured guy on NXT every single week. Uh, yeah, I, um, yeah, I think that just feeds into the fact I'm just mentally done with them. And they could come up with something, maybe, maybe over the course of time as I get used to it. Of course, this was the first year of stars no longer moving up, necessarily. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Anyway, let's move on to the show, because again, positives on the show. <laughs> Pete Dunne gave a VTR promo. Uh, he and Bella face each other, uh, facing each other, sorry, is inevitable. Mackenzie was then back. it's not really much else to say, is going after Bella. Uh, Mackenzie backstage with Malcolm Bivens. Uh, who I love. <laughs> he bigs up his new prospect, who again is just handling his own business as normal. A, a match with Bronson Reed later tonight. Still uh, great to see the big Aussie back. Uh, also, but yeah, Tyler Rust uh, just getting his own match and Biffin's like, Bronson Reed isn't the direction I would have gone, but I'll be out there with you. <laughs> so yeah, grab the moon, kid. <laughs> Didn't quite happen. Uh, after this, Carrion Cross kills a poor lad. Ah. Oh. Uh, poor Adonis. Uh, the, the cross demonstrations continue. This week, Adonis was the man taking the tour of the Saitos. A, a vicious charging forearm to the back of the neck, and Adonis was out. Uh, and that's the end. 
Kvos further sending his message by choking up one of the officials helping the man out. Uh, yeah, Kvos sending his like gradual message of he is going for that main event. He's just, you know, going to work through Pete Dunne first and then we'll get to Kvos. Just, um, but and that's part of my uh, kind of praise as well, where they're not rushing through it. They're building him up. Uh, my assumption would have been they've gone straight to Cross Bella and Cross wins the title. But the fact they're taking their time with it a bit more than I would have suspected. Yeah, I'll give them applause because I was criticising it before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after this, MSK promo. That's good to see because uh, last week I was like, no idea which one's which. Because, <laughs> yeah, you're Vince and Javier to me. And for, me and for some reason for me, those names really fit either guy. Uh, but you give me Wesley and Nash Carter. Uh, NXT name generator working its darndest, I swear. <laughs> but who is MSK? Wesley and Nash Carter. And as I say it, as I wrote them down, I was like, right, now I know which one's which. And as I read it out now, I've already forgotten <laughs> which one's Wesley and which one's Nash Carter because it's just generic NXT name generator. Those names don't give me any hint. <laughs> uh, anyway, the former Vascals are going for that dusty cup. I thought, I thought this is a nice promo establishing their identity and what their personalities are like and uh, the kind of style they're going to be wrestling. Obviously, the match got that across, but mixing that together with them talking and messing and joking with each other. Yeah, yeah, great little promo. Great little introductory promo. A perfect follow-up to last week. After this, Martinez and Storm got their little to, directly to camera promo. Uh, who cares for friendship when you're two professionals with a common aim? Uh, we'll find out later. <laughs> uh, the Dusty Rhodes Hunting Classic for the men rolled on again with the second first round match of the night in Imperium vs Lucha House Party. Uh, yeah, this one surprised me a bit. I want to say I do enjoy these first round ma Dusty matches. Uh, like they're at a nice pace, introducing all the competitors entering the fray. I always like those stages of competitions. Here, Eitner and Bartel were getting a nice showcase as one of the favourites in the competition. Uh, Dorado Metalik giving a decent showing and causing a first true round up, true round, a true first round upset. Told you I was tired. Like really, like Lucha House Party, the perfect opponents to show both the strength and athleticism of the Europeans. The lads struggling with the Lucha things for a short while. Like Metalik able to give Eichner a bit of a running until the tag team engine was good to run again. A lovely little sequence with Eichner tried to counter a Lince roll-up when in flew Metalik with a top rope dropkick, sending the Italian back with a code red from Dorado. Nom nom nom, lovely. <laughs> the uh, final run was great too. The stereo white noises from Imperium felt like an assured momentum securer. Uh, but Lucha House Party fought back once again, Metalik sending Bartel flying off Brett's rope with a Frankensteiner. Uh, Metalik then flew down to Bartel to the outside as Dorado nailed a shooting star to Eichner for the win. Uh, the favourites are eliminated in the first round. There's always one. Whenever you fill out the New Japan Cup brackets, there's always an upset. <laughs> I don't know if it's bold to uh, like just put in at least one upset. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a wise idea because, you know, favourites also make it to the end of these competitions. But yeah, it's nice to see it, NXT following that pattern as well. There's always an upset, and I like that. Uh, and my critique for the Cruiserweight division seemingly, again, is that answered by giving weight to Dorado and Metalik here? Uh, in here, it's like, yeah. Yeah, using this tournament to give them a bit of a run. Makes them feel like more like something other than unused main roster stars. Why not kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, after the match, Alexander Wolf came out and mm, he delivered a message while I was way back. I, was like, I thought you were in the country. <laughs> but who is in the country? 
uh, I've not really practiced my Preston. <laughs> I do apologise. I don't really do Preston accents very often. I'll work on it. I'll work on it and we Barrett. <laughs> uh, Chamber Thatcher, they got it was a video of the way in with uh, flash photography in tow. Yeah, just a nice little, nice little detail. I compared it to the it's like the serious presentation of the boxing where the two were in the ring talking each other, just getting everything on the table, get all of their beef out there. And then you got the way in here as well. Yeah, just I really like the presentation of it. Yeah, it's nice when you do it like with one person. If this was to become like a bit more standard for whenever you did a fight pit or whenever you did these kind of matches, but for me, for Thatcher, it works. That's like his thing. I don't know if he treats it as it's the matches thing, but for me, if you treat it as Thatcher's thing, it paired with the fight pit, it just all ties in perfectly, all works. Uh, Beth Phoenix was then on the stage with William Regal as we came back to the arena. Uh, she was there to big up the grandeur of the Women's Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic, going through all the names of NXT women's past. I won't list them all here because Beth Phoenix literally listed them all, <laughs> really hyping this tournament up as an important piece of NXT history. And also all the competitors were on the stage as Beth then led us into our first match of the tournament. The first ever, don't know why I'm doing that like um, the hurricane. <laughs> the first ever match in the Women's Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter versus Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. And out of everything on both Dynamite and NXT, this finisher was the one thing being talked about on my feed. Because I'm English, I can see what the algorithm throws up at me. And normally it's just the most talked about thing with everybody I follow. And uh, yeah, I try to get a nice general consensus amongst the wrestling community, I guess, of people whose voices I trust, whether they align me or not. And uh, one thing, yeah. So it normally throws up just whatever is the most talked about thing. This week, it was Catanzaro's finisher. Uh, from both shows, that was the main thing. And I tried to count. <laughs> and... Uh, I showed it to my brother and he he's informed me it's one rotation with a flip. Oh sorry, one rotation no one rotation Yeah, with a with a flip, I think it was. Is that how it was worded? Can't remember as well. I can't bloody remember. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yes, yeah, so that's apparently what it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, he's uh Involved in world and athletic worlds. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, yeah, this match was great friends versus two baddies with a common goal. And I like that dynamic. You got to see more chemistry from one whilst the other two were really strong individual wrestlers that would now and then link up. Uh, Storm and Martinez using their power, power to launch the Sawala Lasses around. As our goodies fought back with every ounce of their athleticism, they kept getting cut off. Uh, close falls, but... You kind of got the impression that eventually the bigger, stronger uh, main event lasses were going to end them. Uh, Katanzaro eventually made the hot tag to Carter, who flew in with and uh, flew in taking the two down. I will always applaud a drop kick to one into a splash to the other. Really like that spot. Again, when I'm watching this, I'm like, right, this is the hot tag where we get these guys doing their awesome spots and we get we get into a little bit of a flow of, oh, could they actually win? And then the main event women pull it out of the bag. Uh, not at all what happened. <laughs> I mean, it turns off if that was on purpose. Which quite often with wrestling, they do do this. The flow of it is to get that reaction out of me. Uh, out of, not me, individually, you. Us. <laughs> Where am I going with this tangent? Uh, yeah, the... Um, yeah, I like if, yeah, the flow of that match convincing me that... Oh, no, the baddies have got this. It's just a little flash. 
No, you got me. <laughs> well done. Uh, against two of NXT's biggest names, the odds felt always against them. Uh, but Carter and Catanzaro certainly made an impression. Uh, Catanzaro, especially with her incredible athleticism, reversing top move moves into head scissors, uh, a spiral tope to the outside. Uh, yeah, Catanzaro really was on peak form. But the match completely swung after NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai got some revenge on Martinez, launching her over the announce desk as suddenly Tony Storm was found all on her lonesome, Carter nailing her down as Casey climbed to the top rope for an incredible top rope flight. Uh, again, like if AJ Styles spiral tap, uh, which I don't think he hits anymore, but if you Google AJ Styles spiral tap, you'll see the move talking about. But if it had like another full rotation before landing on your back... Uh, oh, yeah, awesome finish. Like, looks like there was a damn reason my Twitter feed was buzzing over this this morning. Yeah, incredible finish <laughs> to that match. Smooth to go, what? Uh, but with AJ, I think I swear with AJ Styles when he's facing the opponent before he then just spirals at them, uh, whilst uh, Casey gets was facing away from them. So it's like it starts with a Phoenix splash and then goes into the spiral, which is for me like a Phoenix splash into a spiral. That's mental. <laughs> But yeah, one rotation into a flop, I guess. Yeah, that's less fancy. I prefer Phoenix Splash Spiral or something like that. <laughs> it just it sounds way more, way more fancy. It's a fancy name. <laughs> Go away, Lacey Evans. Anyway, Finn Balor then walked into Regal's office and asked Pete for Pete Dunne. And knows what the game is, though, and asks Law for Oni and Lorcan first. Uh, Regal telling him to protect him against himself, he's going to have to find a partner to take them both on. Uh, but I, I have any, only have enemies now. <laughs> such a bad, uh, uh, you know what they say, lad, keep your enemies closer. So that's what we're doing as I enter, I don't know, Lord of the Rings voiceover territory. <laughs> Little Robbit, let's go get him. Anyway, are we getting Balor and Cross? No, we're getting Balor and Unspeed Era. Why did I write that? <laughs> what was I thinking at that moment? I got excited over a random thing there, didn't I? <laughs> Obviously, it's Balor and Unspeed Era. I was just praising them earlier here in terms of, you know, continuity of that longer story telling stuff compared to blasting through things. Yeah. Why did I write Anyway. <laughs> Carter and Gettensara then got a little uh, talk with Mackenzie. Uh, they were buzzing after winning their Dusty Cup match. Yeah, it looks like we're getting a little, like, build of a baby face and... The other match on their side of the bracket is uh, Gonzalez and Kai. So you can give them an even tougher, more established kind of pairing of that with Gonzalez getting such a strong push. Then you can have them beat them as well. You've got true baby faces in the final. Yeah, use this tournament to really put them over. Uh, I can't remember who's on the other side, so I can't put anything for should they win because I can't remember who's on the other bracket who they would face in the final. But yeah, you can true, build, at least build a true like baby face cheerable duo for it. Yeah, if they get over, they get over. Uh, I think they could, they'd could. be fine with them winning it, though. Depends on who's on the other side. I just cannot remember who they might face. Uh, anyway, uh, Tyler Rust then got his dream. He got to face Bronson Reed. Oh, dear. Uh, a big Aussie with a kaiju on his shoulder sets a tone. Uh, Rust trying to strategically wear the big man down, targeting the previously injured arm. Yes, good. Uh, but big kaiju smash. Uh, Bivens giving guidance from ringside as Rust... Fought the big man off, but eventually came crashing down under the waves of the tsunami splash. Uh, yeah, the Bivens lesson for Tyler being, choose your opponents. <laughs> Very similar to the Thatcher lesson of pick your fights. It's like, I want to read, not the direction I would have gone. Uh, but he also re-establishes Reed. He continues doing that as we got that uh, the week after New Year's Eve, I think that was. Which would have been last week. <laughs> yeah, it was a 
yeah, a decent little show for Bronson Reed, keeping him like kind of refreshing us on what he is like before and giving us like a few little changes before we then get him back into the uh, North American Championship picture, presumably. It could go for something bigger, but I just, it just looks like North American for me. Like, do, maybe Kushida Reed, maybe that can work. Uh, also, a little tidbit, not tidbit, a little thing for me in terms of the entrance for Reed. Uh, they did the. They added to the video Bronson Reed's face, which was coming up amongst the buildings, and then it cuts to Bronson Reed. Uh, however, personally, they nailed it first time. Like, for, you don't really need to change anything for me just because of how well they nailed the original entrance for this new theme and new uh, production stuff for it with the new video of the buildings going down through the screen you got the kind of outline drawing of him screaming like going ah <laughs> as he's then walking down the ramp uh, yeah the shot was awesome it really really works uh, maybe it's just overthinking it with the shot of him on the Titan transitioning to him going ah <laughs> real, uh, right there yeah just a, yeah just a, that's my thought on that yeah, because I really enjoyed the buildings going down as he's walking forward. I just love the effect. Uh, anyway, who's Finn going to pick as his partner? It's not carrying cross past him. <laughs> what was I thinking? Uh, the Irishman obviously walks to the Undisputed Era, uh, and it's Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, he is asking if he will tag with him next week. Uh, Kyle's in. And a nice little look from Cole, as it's not him the champ's walking up to. A nice For, for me, there's like a nice little response to that. Well, Cole technically sent her in on the camera, uh, but he's talking to Kyle O'Reilly. And I want to say, I just felt, felt like it was deliberate. And he saw Cole's reaction. But obviously, he's in the Dusty Cup, so he's not available. But yeah, I just, I just love the reaction. It's like a very little reaction, and for me, very telling. I said, yeah. I was like, please say you are going this way. <laughs> Applause for the little things. I was criticising NXT for increasingly lacking as 2020 progressed. Like, improvement off the get go. Yeah. We'll wait and see how it all goes, but it feels like improvement off the get-go. Uh, after this, we got a nice little thing with the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, Santos Escobar. And I'm realising this is like going to be my final bit of the show. But a wee promo from the lad as he gets across how he's the one guy in NXT who can actually defend a title on the regular. Uh, everyone who's tried, he's sent them packing with a sudden lucha interruption. Uh, Metalique and Dorado attempting a running attack on their next round opponents for the Dusty Cup in Wilder Mendoza. But yeah, the Juro had their number uh, and Santos Escobar was going for like the final nail in that coffin until when Kurt Stallion says hello. Uh, yeah, looks like we have our next challenger running down, evening the odds, guys staring each other. Uh, later on, uh, Kurt Stallion with the Lucha House party uh, was giving a promo on it when Escobar walked in before he could really say anything. Uh, like, you want my attention? Get ready. I'm going to show you up for the rookie you are. <laughs> and off we popped. Like, yes, really like that. Also, Stallion's probably causing a bit of an upset just in establishing against the champ. Yeah, and uh, one final promo before I sign off. Uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, the act that I stay of the firm opinion that if this was an act taking place on the NXT, on the, sorry, on the UK circuit, uh, I feel like this will be really over. <laughs> it's the perfect kind of thing for the singing... Uh, oh, I was going to say unsober, but singing drunk crowd <laughs> of the UK wrestling shows. And Maverick and Dane would be so over. <laughs> I feel like it's just it's the perfect kind of silly. Uh, and just in the way that UK do, do their shows, I feel like it would slot in perfectly well. Anyway, Drake's hyped up to win the Dusty Cup. 
Uh, Dane uh, afterwards complimenting, was like, complimenting good promo. Like, yeah, that, that was actually pretty good. Before patting him on the back and pissing off, like, right, see you next week then. <laughs> it's just, it just leaves him. It's like, right, that's that done. Uh, there's no friendship. Uh, I am off. <laughs> I really like that. It, for me, the reason that works is because Maverick is so desperate for them to be friends, where Dane's warmed up to him, but he's still just a colleague. <laughs> he doesn't actually care for him like as a friend or anything. He's not going to give him his personal number or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, uh, I say we're a fan of the team. I'm a fan of the team as they progress a little bit further away from outright comedy. And put them in this tournament, I feel like, is like a perfect little fit for that. Yeah, it's a thing to take seriously, even though Drake's still full-on comedy. Yeah. Anyway, that's the end of the review. A Generally, for me, perfectly fine-flowing NXT. It was very set-up-y, and it was, of course, introducing first round of the Dusty Cup, which meant a lot of the mid-card, none of it felt inconsequential or anything. You had a lot of segments that meant something. Uh, there was no filler. Everything was setting up a thing and had a purpose. And yeah, so I haven't really got many cons. Yeah, decent episode of NXT. Again, not anything that will blow your mind <laughs> or anything, but it was a decent episode of NXT. It built up well. I, I normally commend the episodes that build up well. Like Even if it's not anything that you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they've done this thing, they've this amazing reveal or incredible match. Yeah, yeah but if you did an episode building blocks well, I'll enjoy it because I'm boring like that <laughs> yeah. same with AEW uh, I enjoy the episodes where they're building blocks and I go oh where are they going with that oh what they're doing with this oh <laughs> I like I like seeing the possibilities uh, I don't always need oh flashy flashy fancy <laughs> just flashing in my face like I do like the flashy fancy and I'm not saying take it away <laughs> same I do uh, I do appreciate the uh, building block episodes uh, they pay dividends down the road and I feel like I appreciate there's more and more as I watch wrestling more and more. Yeah. Anyway, that's the end of that. As I read, that's my throat. Here it is going. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm gonna, what state I'm gonna be in. This is normally how I wake up. <laughs> I normally wake up after like doing an NXT review, and my voice is going like this. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna end the show before it properly goes. Now, I will be back on Tuesday for the uh, Raw review. And it'll be the week of the Royal Rumble. Get excited. Hey, it's finally the week where I'm allowing myself to watch last year's Rumble. I've held it off uh, on purpose. <laughs> so I'm not then going backwards as I've done in past years. This year I thought, no, I'll watch random ones from the past. Even ones that I enjoyed, like 2018 one. Uh, I should probably check out the other ones I definitely enjoyed. Uh, 2007 as well. Stop naming Rumbles. <laughs> but I'll be... Uh, what am I doing in terms of Rumble? I will be live after the Rumble with Aftershock. I will also be... Uh, I think joining Ash on his wrestling shorts Twitch to do some form of previewy thing for it. I think it's going to be worst case scenarios in some form. We'll see. Maybe see a little bit of animation uh, in the animation chamber. Shouldn't be doing that voice. Already talked about my throat being. <laughs> anyway, I'll be back on Tuesday for the Raw review. That's when you'll next see me. Also, do check out all the other videos here on the Wrestling Head YouTube channel. All the other shows on Wrestling Head Radio slash LOP Radio because it's still branded as LOP Radio. Uh, and all, all, all the columns posted on Wrestling Headlines, uh, nailing it this week. A shout out to, uh, I gave him a shout out on Tuesday, but I'll give one, one again. Shout out to Andy for his uh, column on AEW, which has caused a stir just because at part, in bits of it he praised them. That seemed to be what they latched onto. Like, <laughs> like That's the thing, if you praise AEW in any fashion, even if you criticise them later in the column, it doesn't matter. Uh, the reactions blah, like, oh, you're paid chill. Uh, which were like, oh, where's the invoice? <laughs> he hit you up, Tony. Uh, anyway, 
So with that, I say thank you for watching, listening, uh, engaging in any manner, be that liking, subscribing, commenting, uh, belling, uh, what else is there? Five-star reviewing if you're listening via the podcast version, whatever. As always, you can donate via Red Circle if you really would like to. Link is in the Red Circle uh, podcast uh, version for, of this episode. Or, or any episode, the link will be like right at the bottom, like donate to this podcast. Uh, if you really want to. I'll plug it every week, but I'll never force it, really. Anyway, also I've been streaming on Twitch. That's at uh, The Implications with two S's. I'll, eventually I'll remember to put it under my Twitter handle, just so it's there, so I don't have to constantly plug it. Follow me on Twitter, at the damn Umplicat. Umplicat? Shit, I failed it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, first time I've ever mucked up my Twitter handle, at the damn Implicat. Damn as in damn. Uh, my yeah, but yeah, my Twitch streaming uh, Yakuza Zero currently having a fun time doing that, and yeah, because there's a lot of dialogue for me to read out. Uh, I'm just reading it at whatever accent comes into my head, uh, which is mostly mostly northern stuff. So yeah, anyway, that's that. So I'll see you on Tuesday for the Monday Night Raw review, and with that, I say thank you for watching and all the other stuff, and I'll bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.